on Air Brands live at home with Stefan Provaco. Eric Cabral. Josh Terry. Jordan Fraser and Justin Fraser. Lisa Holbert. Sarah McMillan. Chris Orsi. Jack Turkell. And Jake Resnicki. What are you taking by surprise, Eric? Yeah, I, I was busy here. I was on my phone watching this amazing uh, show that's live right now. Oh, tell us more. Very meta. So, uh, folks, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. You are watching the ever-growing, ever-moving, ever-inspiring On Air Brands live show. And if you're listening to the podcast, it is also a podcast. But, yeah, we're really excited to be here with you. And the cool thing about that introduction, guys, is um, I was talking to one of our partners, Alina, and she... Well, we were going through our teams, and she was like, why does that name Chris Orsi sound so familiar? I was like, how about, and then I go, Chris Orsi. And she's like, oh, <laughs> that's why I know him. Um, so cool. it is effective, and people are listening, and you guys, thank you so much for watching and for liking all the stuff we're doing. But don't forget to subscribe, share, and comment, because this is an engaging, uh, interactive show where you can Add your opinions, add your thoughts, ask questions. So highly, highly encourage you to to do that. So folks, is, is that yes. opening going to go away? I guess um, it is, right? Because we're not always going to be a home edition. Well, it's funny because Jake, Lisa, and I were actually planning on going into the studio today. Um, it didn't happen for various reasons. But um, yeah, I was thinking eventually when there's little by little by little more and more people in studio, then that intro is going to become irrelevant but we still love it and then we'll make a new one right like an yeah. in-studio intro yeah. <laughs> us walking into you know like we're uh Stephen a smith or something uh into the espn studios that, that should be fun yep but folks you might be wondering what is happening how come the show is turned pink ah! <laughs> <laughs> we have our fabulous amazing personality guest here alexander felice what's going on brother What's up? Yo, that intro is so dope. <laughs> Thanks, man. Coming from you, that means a lot, man, because you're in the creative space. But uh, yeah, we're excited to have you on the show, man. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're in North Carolina right now? I am in North Carolina. I moved back here in um, November from Las Vegas. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're flipping and you're creating and you're building and what's happening over there, man? Yeah. So 2020, I, well, I was bored of my bank job in Las Vegas. And so I have this thing where I quit my job every two years, just about, I spend like, a, <laughs> like land this way when I started my life, but every two years I get sick of something. I just quit because, well, I feel like it. And so I take six, eight months off. And so uh, November, six, eight months, I said, you know, I'm going to go back here to North Carolina where I have this big rental um, operation. I said, I'm gonna try to flip houses because um, my 2020 goal has been to go hard on YouTube and learn videography. And so, yeah. um, 
well, rentals from long distance and videography don't go that well together. So I was like, man, I can be in it, flip some houses, make some money. I won't have to get a job and I can do some YouTube. And so it's gone. Um, well, it's still yeah. new, but it's gone. It's going well. You have a question from Josh? Cause I, I want oh, to- no, I was just going to ask, what were you doing in Vegas? I heard Vegas. I perk up. Wait, Vegas. What? What'd you do there? <laughs> I love Las Vegas so much. It's my favorite place. On the planet. Um, I visited Las Vegas two, three times a year for six, seven years. And then I was like, dude, let's just move. And so I moved out there and um, I just wanted to be there. There's opportunity in cities, um, unlike small towns, which, which I'm in now. And, and I'm a big city personality. And so I worked in commercial uh, SBA risk analysis mm. uh, and banking. So wow. uh, yeah, I'm the, I'm the most audacious banker that has ever existed. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> um, but I really like that job. I really like those people. Uh, but I had to leave Las Vegas for a bunch of, bunch of reasons. Um, a lot of reasons, but uh, I'll probably, I'm, I'm, I think I might end up back there, but for now I'm here in, I'm here in North Carolina. Well, yeah, you, you created your own job over North Carolina, which is, I know I kind of hate it. I'm tied here for life now. It's good. <laughs> it's got, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're good. You do what you do. And you know, you, last time I, when, I, when we really spoke, um, aside from when you came to Podmax three, I think it was, uh, we just tee up for the folks who are watching. We met Alex in Nashville, what was it in October of last year, 2019? And, yeah, that's right. Um, and we hit it off right away. Like it, it was sort of that uh, that prom where you know we we locked eyes from across the room. There was literally 3,000 people, and uh, and Alex and I just hit it off. We were like, "Hey, I'm supposed to talk to you," and you're like, "Wait, I'm supposed to talk to you?" Like we already people were saying before even knowing. They're like, "You need to talk to Eric," and somebody said to me separately, "You got to meet Alex." And then we we did it without them introducing us, which was really cool. And then ever since then, we've been talking and, and, and trying to figure out how to work together. He always has a, uh, a camera on him, usually, whenever we see you. And uh, I always view you as a creative, right? And you don't label yourself as such. You're kind of like, I'm all over the place, man. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's at least the pink shirt is the constant. <laughs> I was going to say, last time I saw him at uh, Podmax 3, you said, which was when? Was that February? Yeah. I think it was yeah. Podmax 2. And oh, yeah. in December. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah, December. And and at that event, you were wearing the pink shirt. And uh, here you are again wearing the pink shirt. So I guess it's a branding thing. Pink shoes, pink shirt. Yeah, it's. Uh, I like the pink shirt. It gives confidence yeah, too. The ladies. Right in your face. It kind of captures your, your eye. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is. It's one of those things where I think I'm, I'm immune to it now. Um, it's good, consistent branding. It's bright. Um, you know, some guy said to me, I was on, I was doing a podcast that, with a, a military podcast that I co-host and he's like, oh, you know, not all military guys, you know, not, not all guys could pull that off. And I'm like, I don't notice it anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't consider myself but a creative person, but you know, about six, seven years ago, somebody gave me this life changing, uh, un, albeit incredibly simple advice. They said, if you want to solve all your life's problems, you just need to have three hobbies. One that keeps you in shape, one that makes you money and one that keeps you creative. And exactly. I never, ever, ever considered myself a creative person, but I didn't, so I didn't have a creative hobby, but I've been in the gym and I was doing real estate to make money. And so I was like, let me just pick this camera up. I kind of had to, that's felt natural to me. And dude, it changed my life. I still don't consider myself a creative person. I really sure. don't, but I'll tell you this. It's like a, it's just like the gym, man. If you, you don't have to be in shape to go to a gym, you go in the shape and get a gym. Uh, you go into the gym to get in shape. And so you pick that camera up and next thing you know, you're like, Hey, I can do something tricky with this that nobody else could do. And then people go, Oh, you're so creative. And I'm like, I guess I'm just, 
I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's like going to the gym consistently and there's people in there that are like pros and they're like, yeah, man, you're, you're one of us. You're, you're, you're a professional weightlifter. And you're like, not really. Even though you look at, you know, so maybe it's yeah, the just the guy with the camera. I don't tell you. I'll tell you what. Uh, but there's all sorts of niches, right? With with all sorts of creative outlets. So you can play music. You can take. You can draw or paint. You can do photography. But even in photography, there's different. Um, there's different skill sets. So like, I don't do product photography. I don't do portraits, right? Like people go, oh, can you do these headshots? I'm like, no, it's not my skill set. I don't want to stretch and to do something that's not my. Um, not necessarily not out of my comfort zone, but one doesn't lend itself to my strength. So what I what I've learned that I can do is I'm good at storytelling. And you know this because I did that blog for Podmax too. And I'm really been bugging you to hire me to come up there and yeah. do it for the other ones. Dude, you're but hired. You know, Jake, can you, but you find, can't afford um, me? Where's you can't the uh, where's the link? You can't afford me. The comments. <laughs> the, that blog was amazing, dude. For when you covered the event, um, and we didn't even ask him to do it. He just did it, and 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 that's how we discovered you with Bigger Pockets because you did the same thing there. Um, but yeah, you're so good and and skilled at that. And, you know, it, it's, it's really different from what other people are doing, if people are doing it. So, uh, yeah, I recommend, you know, finding that blog and looking for Alex's stuff because it's 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 definitely eye catching and, and, and a good read. And it's funny because you don't realize it while it's happening, while he's walking around and he's capturing and he has his camera that it's going to that what the end product's going to be. And um, be like, oh, man, this is this is good, man. I'll eat this up all day. But uh, yeah. Wait. You were in the military also, right? Is that correct? Yeah, thanks for noticing he threw that in. I was I, I wrote that down. I'm like, did you say military? Go on. Well, first off, like thank you for your service. But second of all, like you have such a cool journey and such a cool background too, which is like very diverse. You have the creative side, you were in the military, now you're in the gym, now you're doing real estate, you're doing a lot of things. It's pretty awesome. So you were in the military? <laughs> uh, Show us the guns, man. Yeah, let's hear more. Come on. Uh four years. Yeah, I uh, I got out in 2005, dude. So I'm old. I got out in 2005. So yeah, I did a uh, well, uh, two tours in Afghanistan. That's a lot of war for me. So wow. I had to wow. I had to exit. Yeah, yeah good time though. A lot learned, you know. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure you learned a ton, man. And um, you know, is anything from there and that discipline carried over into like your lifestyle and business and how you? Yeah, you know what's interesting? I don't compartmentalize it that way but i should like really sit down and like write down the lessons that have transferred but the one the first day that you get into the army the first day like within like i mean when you get to basic the, like one of the first things they tell you is like um there are no more excuses whatever you did you own it you say i messed up hmm. okay i messed up okay i won't do it again i messed up and so that has carried with me uh for my entire life and i and well look the website's name is broke as a choice right it's like dude take ultimate like ultimate Unrelent, unrelenting responsibility immediately for everything you do always. And so, you know, I just, it makes it, it's just a very uh, efficient way to go through life. Um, and, you know, I can expand on it, but yeah, if you mess up, it's your fault. If you do well, well, it's usually not your fault, but if you mess up, it's your fault. And it also, it lets you internalize um, when you realize that all the mistakes in your life are your problem or at least, or your fault or at least your problem, then, then you can start to manifest progress in life because you realize that the onus is on you and so it's a very that was a very transformative experience and that happened like day one like oh no i just did it because that's gone no i messed up you're right it's my fault it's nobody's fault but mine you know you got in that car accident it's like who's driving well i got rear-ended it's like yeah but who's driving yeah. right partially your fault right you were there so right uh that, that that's one big thing that there's other lessons but that's the big one 
Do you follow Tom Bilyeu? I don't. He, he um, among other things, he preaches that exact philosophy. It's, it is a tough pill for some to swallow, but it, he says, everything is my fault. And it sounds like, whoa, 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 I don't think so. But it's like, no, that actually is powerful. It's ownership. And it's if you don't get the point, you're missing it. It's just about taking responsibility, which I'm learning in, in, in current times that that is really the basis and foundation for everything. Oh, yeah. I agree. I and love growth, too, right? It's, it's yeah, just- and I mean, well, I don't want to get all weird, but that's the message of the Old Testament. Right. Take radical responsibility for life's not fair. Yeah. Life's not fair. So take responsibility, do what you're supposed to do. Um, and, uh, you know, those lessons have been around for a long time. They're hard today because we're so entitled in our, in this rich country. But, uh, but that's why I named the website that broke as a choice because, you know, you, 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 you get to about 25 or 30 and you wake up a little bit and then you're like, Hey, look, you know, I didn't have a fair shake at life. And it's like, now I want to fix it. It's like, you can't fix it until you realize that, whatever happened to you, like, uh, you may have had a bad shake. You may have been lucky, whatever the case, you can't fix it until you take radical responsibility. So I, that, that's carried with me my life. And I, I live and breathe it. What do you say to somebody, um, who looks at that kind of a thing broke is a choice, which there are all kinds of examples of what we're talking about, but I love that that's the name of your site. What do you say to somebody when they say, but that's not true, Alex, because um, this is how I grew up, or this happened to me, or I got fired, or I entered in, or they took advantage. Not a choice. What do you say? Uh, there are many people in the planet that poverty is not a choice at all. And that's not really who the website's for. Um, so I'm not trying to, you know, it's not an economic message as much as it's a mindset message. And the people that are for me, like I'm not for everybody. So the people that are for me are going to resonate with that message. Um, and the person that that is for is, you know, that was an internal thing. It was like most of my life I was broke because I made poor financial decisions. And most people in America where if you earn $30,000 a year U.S., you're in the top 1% global earners. If you're still broke, it's most likely your fault. And so... The message Mindset, is not, yeah. A, yeah. yeah. And so the message, I understand that there's flaws in that broke as a choice, right? Not always. I got you. If you're growing up in a poor country, like I said, I went to Afghanistan. They got poverty there that ain't, yeah. there is no, there is no out, right? And it's unfortunate. Oh. Um, but they're not look, looking at my website. And it's also, I like that because, you know, sometimes it's, uh, it resonates with the people that it's supposed to resonate with. And that works in my favor. And then sometimes people ex- ask me or talk to me exactly what you just said. And I'm like, good, let's have a dialogue because it, yeah. because I do like the nuance and there is a nuance to, um, both that met that text and my message. And I have a lot of it written on the website about why it is written that way. Well, I think it's so important too, cause it is like such a mindset thing. And so like, you know, something you were saying before was that, yeah, it, some people can like really resonate with it and, and go right and say like, yes, I understand exactly what it is. And other people can also look at it and say, like, I don't agree with that and have like a backstory, but you still at least grab that attention. And so um, people kind of can, you know, feel how they want to feel about it. Um, but it reminds me of a book. Um, I don't know if you ever read when you said entitlement, um, Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Great that one. book is amazing. And I just feel like any any book that he writes is is really cool. But it reminds me of that because it's just it's all about your ego. And it's like when you can kind of dig in and kind of figure out um, what it is and take away that entitlement and, and realize that 
you know, you are your own person and what you do and how you act is, is you. You brought up uh, Ryan Holiday. Ego is the enemy. He um, He's also part of the uh, Stoic movement, right? Stoicism. He's yeah. part of the uh, Daily Stoic. Um, I subscribed to it recently. And I, I think yesterday I received my coin. Oh, yeah. Look at you. Which, which says, Memento Mori, which basically means you will die. So it's a, some people think it's morbid, but as he says, if you think it's morbid, again, you're missing the point because it's just to acknowledge, to embrace life because it can really end at any moment. That's very true. Yeah. I'm a big reader of philosophy. Uh, I'm not super identified with the stoic movement, but I obviously, I, I, I immensely appreciate it, but that it's a, it reminds me of a quote that I say all the time to people in exactly that vein, which is, um, Hey, you're going to die really soon. What are you going to do with the rest of your time? You know, <laughs> and I say it morbid just like that too. Well, for the same reason I named the website the way I do, just to, you know, ruffle people's feathers a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I have something just like that um, on my website that basically says uh, you're going to die uh, at some point in the future. Uh, your story's not going to change by itself. What are we going to do to help you change the story by the time that happens? Well, and you know, you, whatever happens in your past too, it's like how you kind of perceive it. You can either perceive it and take it really negatively and, and turn it into something that's going to destroy you for your life, or you can kind of turn it into strength and say like, I've overcome this, or I've gotten through this, and, and that's how you can do it too. Yeah. yeah, I think that plays into the responsibility part. You look back in your past and you're like, okay, either I can blame that, or yeah. I can say, well, this happened, now what am I going to do about it? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I love the analogy when you're, you know, driving. I always like driving analogies, but you know, it's 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 just like looking in the rear view. You know, you're not living there. You know, that's already in the past. You have zero control over what just happened back there. Um, you know, all we could do is control what's in front of us and you know, make a difference by taking micro. For me, it's all about what's intimidating for folks that think, you know, I'm I'm in a jam or I'm in an environment or I have struggles at home and there's a bunch of hurdles. It's like micro steps. Like what are the tiny, tiny pieces where over the long run um, you can look back, right? The compound effect where now all of these actions that I've taken on a daily basis have affected, you know, some serious change in my life. And, and then reflecting on it, being able to sort of document and look back. You know what? It was funny because I was doing an exercise for... Um, I don't know, Alex, but part, if you knew, but I'm part of a GoBundance where we're, we're forced to do this thing. I, I call it forced because it's hard. You have to look in the mirror. Uh, it's called One Sheets, and you have to, you have to, it's a report card for your finances. And um, then there's part of the exercise is what were the highlights and what were the sort of painful things that happened in 2019 or the year prior. And when I did that, I started to scrub from January 2019 to December 2019, I was like, holy crap, tons of highlights. And, and and it makes you appreciate life, right? It's all about gratitude and appreciation. And you only get that if you reflect and you have documented it. And, you know, I guess I have to give kudos to Apple for helping that process and helping me get to that point, which is like just scanning through all this stuff because now we, we, we're, we're part of this, this fabric that... Um, whether you're, you want to be in it or not, like everyone has a phone, everyone's taking photos and every, all of it's getting pushed up into the cloud. So there's no real excuse anymore for, for, Hey, I, I don't have a, I don't have a documentation. Facebook's a documentation of, of your journey, you know, and, and how you frame it. That's a little bit more controlled. 
Yeah, um, I started blogging a few years ago and uh, it did a very similar vein for me because I get to the end of the year and I'm like, man, I'm worthless. I didn't do anything. Although to be fair, that's I live in self-loathing. That's the only way I, <laughs> the only thing my brain does. Um, and so to your exact point though, I go through and I'm like, and that's why I think I'm gonna do it. I'm thinking I'm gonna do one actually in, in uh, July. I'm gonna do one for six months because it's very healthy. You go back through the, the year and you're like, you know what? I shouldn't be so hard on myself. I did, you know, for me, it's like, did this amount of real estate deals, right? I'm a big book like a huge reader. So like, okay, you know, like I was busting my chops, my own chops because I hadn't read that many books this year. And it's like, well, I'm up to 15, which is light for me, but not so bad. How many real estate deals have I done? You know, what's my, uh, how many events did I cover? What new things that I do? And I, I, I also go by photography. So like what great shots, what bucket list shots have I gotten? And it's like, dude, I knocked out a bunch of these pictures that I wanted to, you know, and so going through and being like, Hey, look, you, you're, you're doing something and you should appreciate it more. It, that's a very healthy thing to do. I think, I mean, it's a balance cause you don't want to get too high up on the, like, Hey, look how great I am. Right. Look at all this cool stuff I did. So it's a, it's a balance, but it's also good. You know, it, I guess it depends on your personality. If you're, if you're prone to arrogance, you should do it less. Right. If you're prone to self-loathing like me, then you're like, Hey, look, do that a little more. You might feel better about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> On the opposite side of that retrospect, Eric, you sent me this um, quote yesterday that we're going to work on, which is uh, looking into the future, proj project three years into the future and now have the conversation of how your personal life in detail and how your business life in detail looks in that three-year period that is in the future, but now you're looking back on very powerful stuff. That's sort of like if you believe in manifestation, it's, it's, it's all it is. It's in, it's in that vein where you put it out there. And I love that conversation because like when growing up, it was always about, um, you know, oh, don't say or I don't want to say anything because I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> and then when I got to the when I started to realize this manifestation idea was that, um, you know, if you put it out there, not a, not only are you sort of setting the ball up for and rolling on manifestation, but then you're also holding yourself accountable because if you start to put it out there and people start to hear you saying it more and more, now you, it's, the onus is on you to get that done because it's just going to be egg on your face if you don't actually accomplish it or um, you don't follow up with it. So yeah, I, I love putting stuff out there. There's good and bad about it. You know, maybe if you don't act on a lot of these things that you're saying you are, then people are going to start to lose trust in you. But then uh, the positive is it's it's really, really helping you individually, you know, accomplish goals um, by, by putting it out there and letting people know what you're trying to do. And then people come in. If you put it out there, then people are like, hey, how can I help you do that? I want to help you. Like with Alex, I'm like, dude, when we started talking about, you were like, I don't know if I need a podcast. Should I go YouTube? I, I'm sort of going back and forth with both. And we started to talk. I'm like, how can I help you? Let's 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 brainstorm ideas. And now you're just full on like you're a video guy, man. You're so good on camera. You know, that personality comes out better through video versus audio. Well, how's that working for you? And do you have stuff for people who are watching who are still in that debate? Should I do video? Should I do podcast? Should I do both? I recorded a script actually about why you... I don't know what to name it yet. I want to name it something obnoxious, but it's something like six reasons why you should give up on your podcast before you start. And, um, <laughs> but it's, that's a little too obnoxious. So, but the idea was, you know, I did a podcast for a year um, and I committed to doing it for a year and I did it for a year. And, and then I quit, right? Because I hated it. But the lessons I learned about why I hated it were so important. And I'm going to do, a, it's too much for right now, but I'm going to do some content about it. And, but if you're on the fence, for anybody that's on the fence, it's like, dude, absolutely, you should do it. And you should commit 
pretty hard to it because uh, one or two episodes doesn't isn't anything. So maybe do it for a year. Um, and if I hadn't have done that and realized that that's not my strength, I wouldn't be able to shift to YouTube. Now I wanted to do YouTube for the start, but I'm incredibly scared of being on camera. Um, and the, the journey to undo, to get over that is, well, it's still in the process, but it's getting better each week. I get better, a little bit better now. And I wouldn't have been able to move so forcefully for it, uh, towards it in early January. Had I not done the year and been like, dude, podcasting is not for me. It's not anything against podcasting. It's not for me, but blogging was the same way. Like I didn't realize that I liked blogging so much until I started doing it. And so, but the first time you put out any content, like the first time I remember, this was so important to me. The first time I ever wrote anything and put it out there, I was like so nervous. I'm asking my four closest friends, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? What do you, should I write this? How's it read this and that? And you know, then you, you write, you, you publish it and then absolutely nobody reads it because why would they? There's a million pieces of content posted on the internet every day and you have some website that's ugly and awful and it's brand new and why would anybody read it? And I, and I thought to myself, my whole, my whole fear of what I thought was insecurity that people wouldn't like this was actually complete narcissistic arrogance to think that anybody would even care. And so that actually took a lot of burden off my shoulders because I'm like, yeah, publish it. Nobody's going to read it anyways. You know, you can practice, you can get used to it. And so the same thing happened with a podcast. And then now the same thing happening with video where, you know, just publish it. Like nobody's going to care until you're good. And then you'll be good. So no worries. So whatever it is that people are thinking about doing, whether it's blogging, podcasting, um, YouTube, and I highly, highly, highly recommend that everybody do at least one and start immediately um, and just iterate. Uh, just get it out there because it's uncomfortable to do it in the beginning. And then once you get used to it, you're like, oh, now I'm comfortable. I'm just bad. Now I can practice uh, at getting better. Nobody's going to care until you're good. What a fantastic quote and so darn true and really comforting because like you said, you have to just begin. Nothing you do out of the gate is going to be the, the end all be all of representation of your skill, talent, and ability. And really nobody's going to care one way or another until you're good. And in order to get good, you have to put in those hours and keep showing up and publishing. And it has to be on the line. You can't practice and not publish. That doesn't count. And I, that's really important. That was really important for me to learn. Like you can do a podcast and then, you know, you record it with somebody or by yourself and you just leave it on your computer. It's like, you don't, talking isn't the practice. It's put, it's the, for me, at least it was the publishing it and letting the world for lack of a better term, judge it. Um, that's where the, the real practice, that's where it really matters when it's on the line. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you could practice all day long, um, but it isn't until you, like you say, get on the line. Maybe it's at that, you know, finish line sort of, you know, race or whatever the line is as far as like hitting record and publishing. Um, it, it isn't until you're actually in the race where it feels real and it is real and you start to get feedback, not just externally, but internally, because now you can review and and see how you reacted uh, during the time of, you know, the recording or the video or whatever it is, because it's all about how do I get better at something? Well, you have to through repetition um, and then and you know, obviously consistency. And then and then you have to and I'm talking to myself included in this review your own work, like go back and listen or watch not all the time necessarily, but as often as you can so that this way you can think of yourself from you know a third party's perspective and say oh, okay this needs to be better who was it was it Lindsay that was talking about well look what happened i put the rubber bands back on because the um ahs you know negative sort of 
um, you know, association when I do um, ah, I'm glad I reminded myself because now I'll do it. But things like that to get better and better and better. It was Ryan Seacrest. I hate to use him for an example, but that dude did not become the guy on TV and camera just perfect in all different ways as far as a personality and an interviewer and all. And, and that dude was probably doing that since he was 10 years old, you know, and, and, and trying to hone that craft and get better and better and better at it. I also like to point out that you have to know why in the world you're showing up and waking up and pursuing this each and every day. If you think you want to blog or be on YouTube or create podcast episodes uh, just so you can get a million downloads or people to watch, that's not a good enough why. That's just a means to an end. But what do you think that is going to afford you? I see so many people, especially in the podcast space, but again, this could be attributed to whatever your version of that is, blogging, writing, showing up, putting content out, networking, whatever. What is the real end game there? What is the result you are going for? So in the podcast space, people might say, how do I get a thousand listeners or subscribers or 10,000 or 10 million? And the question before that is, why do you want that? What do you think a million downloads is going to give you? Because possibly, just possibly, you could achieve that answer with a lot less than a million downloads. And of course we know that it has to do with ego and validation and popularity, but let's for a minute put that aside and see what are you really building here? If it's a business, what do you need? Are you looking for more clients to get more money to make a bigger impact? Or you really have to define it so it's not just how do I get a million dollars? How do I get a million listeners? How do I get a million subscribers? You have to know why you're doing it and what you want from it. Your why is so important in so many different, you know, in your, yeah, in your business and what you do every day um, and how you act to like your family, how you act to your friends and how you, you know, any relationship that you have as well. It's so important. When I was doing the podcast, I, I, that was a very difficult struggle for me. And it turned, it, I've quickly found, how do I say it? It's like, are you serving yourself? Or are you serving your listener base? Mm. And I found out that I wasn't really serving my listener base that well, and I wasn't enjoying it. So mm. I was like, it's, and it's more complicated than that, but it basically came down to what you said, which is like, why am I doing this? And I had to kind of do it to really, that's an easy question to ask. Uh, it's an easy question to say, but it's much more difficult to like work through it until you actually get in the mix and you're like, okay, the why has to go with, well, what does it take? Oh, I want to get a million downloads. It's like, well, yeah, that sounds good. That's a good enough why if there's no work attached. But then you're like, what does that require? And you're like, okay, now, now I really got to, the why has to be a lot bigger than that. And so I wasn't really adding any, as much value, I don't think, as I would have liked. And so it wasn't fulfilling. And then I wasn't sure that I was adding any value to the user base. Um, and there's, there's good reasons for that. And not to say that, you know, it just wasn't a good fit for what I was trying to put together. And so, but it took me again, it took me, I wouldn't have learned those lessons had I not gone through it. And so sometimes it is worth just being like, look, maybe I can make some money on this. Maybe I do it for the wrong reasons to start. Or maybe it's just like, I, maybe there is value in there that I have yet to realize. Like some people find out that they're really good at interviewing 
or they really like it. I found out that I hate it. I like talking to people. I love talking to people, but like as a dedicated interviewer, it wasn't a good fit. In fact, now I co-host a friend of mine's podcast. I do nothing except show up and have dynamic conversations. It's perfect for me. He does all there the work. Go. He does all the stress. Um, but you gotta, I, I wouldn't have been able to do that had I not done it. And, and what you said is exactly right. Like I was doing it for the, maybe not the wrong reasons as much as I hadn't fleshed those reasons out. Uh, and then when I started to flesh them out, I was like, oh, this sucks. For me, it sucks. Exactly. I love that. I, I, I love the exercise of, of going deeper. So yeah, there, we all have our whys and, and our drivers, but what are, go deeper than that. Ask five times at least why. So if someone says, I want a million followers. Well, why? Because I, uh, I, I want them to be aware of me. Why? Why do you want them to be aware of you? Oh, because I have a unique product or service. I have something that I can offer. Why? Why are you offering that? Well, because I am the only one that can do this. I have uniquely qualified to do this for them and I can help them. So you got to go deep into the layers and layers and layers mm -hmm. of why you're doing it, not just the, you know, oh, it's for my kids. Why? Well, because I want to set up legacy, for, uh, you know, wealth for that. Why? So just go deep, 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 deep. So that's the constant reminder. So you have that rocket fuel every morning when you wake up to do your thing. Um, a question. Yeah, I, we kind of touched on that. Why? How do you put out negative content? I think I don't think I'm actually. I think I'm less qualified than many others to to handle this question because um, it doesn't negative comments to me. As I said earlier, it's like I'm all press is good press, and so now I'm also not huge, right? I I, I could imagine if I had some Twitter rampage come across me, like you know, I got fifty thousand negative comments, I might be like. Oh my God, I'm stressed out. But for most part, um, here's the thing about new, about new content in my experience, right? Like my YouTube right now, which is only 200 subscribers, it's a hundred percent likes, no dislikes. Right. And it's like, because only people that like you are going to be really looking at your content when you're new right. in my experience. And so first off, when you're new, most people who are, are going to be supportive of you. And then nobody's really going to take the time to go out and search your lousy content and, and then downvote it. Right. Like nobody cares that much. Now, when you, um, now I do get a lot of negative comments on, um, bigger pockets forums, which I post a lot about on and, and on Facebook because I, I make polarizing comments often, but I eat it up. I love it. Right. I'm like, dude, if I can get you so mad that you then get engaged, hmm. that to me is so much more valuable than obscurity, right? Like, Oh, nobody even cares. Yeah. And so part of that is ego for sure. And part of that is just, you know, the whole point for me is social media is touch is like. You know, you're trying to poke the world to see if you can get its attention. So negative comments are attention. You bring yeah. up a, a perfect positioning here, Alex. So you feed almost on, you accept, you're okay with any sort of negative comment. Uh, a few years ago, it used to destroy me because that's just the mindset that I was in. That's what I brought to the table. The way I can answer this question, how do you handle negative feedback it starts within. You have to you have to find a way to get to a space where it doesn't destroy you. And that comes with self-confidence, self-worth. It comes with daily consistent mindset training and action to be able to position you where A, you're not even going to be in the world or realm of it because you're not attracting it. 
or if you do, it's not going to affect you. So it starts here. You have to put in the work to try to overcome that. If you feel that, oh my God, I'm scared of a negative comment, that's why I don't want to put myself out there, then you have work to do here in and around the time that you're putting the, you know, the uh, content out there. It starts here. You have to find the way to get so confident, however that looks. And it's all a growing. We all have layers of insecurity. You're never going to be 110% confident and nothing bothers me. No, you might get comments here or there that sting, but how do you pick yourself up? How do you see it for what it is, which is probably a fear that you are mirroring for the other person. And maybe it's about time that they face that. Go ahead, Dev. I got a few things on that too, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I love what you said too. Because I think like Josh, like back, you know, years ago, I would kind of keep quiet about everything and not really give my opinion or talk about different things because I didn't want to, like I felt like it was more of like an argument, like if somebody didn't agree with me. Um, and now mm. obviously you guys know, like I, I'm, you know, more voice my opinion now. Um, but there's definitely things that like, I don't know, like about different topics or subjects, and I just won't speak on it, because that's just not I don't I'm not educated enough to speak on it. So I don't feel like I want to kind of put my voice out there. Um, but there's definitely topics now that I educate myself on I learn about and I want to talk about I want to share different things. Um, but it took me a long time to be able to to get to that point. I mean, my fiance is great about that. He'll like have like debates with people on Facebook with different topics and I'll see them and I'm like, Oh my God, like, are you okay? Like, are you in an argument with this person? He's like, no, we're just talking about it. Like this person has a view this way and I have a view this way. We're talking about it. And like, usually like they'll kind of come to like a understanding or whatever. Um, but like, I still see it and I'm like, wow, really? Like you want to get into like that heated of like a co you know conversation about it. And it freaks me out. And he literally, he's like, no, like I'm, you know, this is my opinion and I'm, you know, I'm talking about it and he's educated enough to be able to talk about it. Um, so I've learned a lot from him and that, in that perspective and definitely. It's kind of like uh, a tolerance level, right? For spicy food or something, you know, you yeah. need to do more of it and then you sort of get more and more used to it. Yeah. Like anything else. Um, but there's three things I wanted to highlight, Jake, and thanks for, for feeding the uh, fire here, is um, number one, if you're starting to get negative feedback from people you don't know, that's a great sign yes. that you're doing something. Because statistically, I think it's like, I forget the exact number, but it's like a thousand to one. So if you're getting one hater, that means you've reached a thousand people or a hundred people, whatever it is. So that's a great sign if you're getting haters. The number two thing is... Um, Understand and be empathetic that whoever's on the other end, there's they're in pain. There, there's something where if they're spending the time to hate on you, um, well, they have they have issues, and you have to feel feel bad for them that there's something going on on their side. So sort of just have empathy. And then number three is um, I love this saying: when someone throws stones, use it to build something. And that's how I always took it before I became who I am now, Eric 1.0. I always thought, like, for example, um, I threw my wife's 30th birthday party um, as a surprise in our condo at the time. Small place, literally had 50 or 60 people in there. And I told one of her friends that this was my plan. And she was like, you'll never do it. Terrible idea. I used that as fuel. I was like, what? I'm going to show you. It's going to be the best party ever. And then, like, I took that sort of as 
as you know, fuel to me it building everything now, like just business relationships, doing things and throwing it out there so people can react to it. And then when somebody's had something bad to say, be like, okay, I'll show you. If that helps you um, to 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 inspire you, then do it. You know, do it. Gary posted. Oh, sorry, Alex. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Gary V posted two different things actually to go on what you just said, Eric, uh, recently. And one of them was like, how do you deal with negative feedback? And his thing was just more so when the negative feedback comes and it will come, it's more on them, not on you. So keep posting different things. And clearly there's something that you said that is affecting them in a different way. And they can't either figure like realize like what's happening, um, or, or kind of you know, figure out where, where it's coming from. Um, so to more keep going and it's going to come. So don't let it um, impact you. Um, and the other thing too, he said that a lot of the times, um, a lot of the times when, when people put things out there, like, and it, you know, Gary, um, James Orsini even said it on ours, Gary won't talk on certain topics. Like if you want to make him shut up, just don't talk on certain <laughs> topics because he won't talk about them because he doesn't know about it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting to hear you know, from someone that we love and trust um, and follow. Yeah. Views. Thanks for bringing um, that up. James Rossini just uh, had such, such, such knowledge at the last pod max. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I, want to do a, I just want to do a few more points on this topic because I love it because yeah. again, I, I am not that negatively affected by negative comments. So I, uh, I start with first, you know, it's like politicians, right? They don't try to win hundred percent of the vote. They just try to win 51%. Mm. And so this idea that you have to please everybody is uh, faulty from the start. Now that's a delicate slope because like you shouldn't just go off and try to piss people off. Uh, <laughs> although that, that does work sometimes, I assure you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but you know, it's like, I just try to find my people. I'm not trying to find everybody. I'm just trying to find my people. And I think if people, I think if content creators would realize that their message is for some people, and that will probably be enough. The people that are out there that are for you, if you can touch them, that's probably plenty. Uh, and considering there's 7.7 .7 billion of us, the, uh, that percentage is probably quite high. So I would worry less about, um, and like you said, the amount of people that, that, the amount of people that read your content that don't ever say anything to you is extraordinarily high. And I'm constantly reminded by this because people will come up to me that I haven't seen. I saw a guy that I haven't seen in six years and we haven't talked, not Facebook message, not nothing. I forgot his name in fact. Right. And he's like, Hey, I see you just moved back here. You're in, you're in finance. You're flipping houses. Like they, people, yes. people, will, people will watch you and they may or may not say anything ever. And just because you got that one negative comment doesn't mean that there's like Eric said, a thousand people that were positively impacted. And so it's your responsibility to help the people that you can help and do it from a serve first mentality. At least I, that's what I think, you know, you serve first. It's like, dude, the people that you're helping will get help. And the people that are just trying to take you down, it's like, dude, don't worry about it. Like you're not going to get everybody. So the fact that you're getting haters, you're getting somebody to reach out is probably good. Yeah. Um, and then uh, to Devin's point, there's uh, everybody's familiar with personality teletyping, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And so there's different ones, but the new big fancy one is the big five personality type. And yeah. one of them is, agreeableness. Now, this is good to know because I'm a, I score off the charts, highly, highly, highly disagreeable. Um, and so maybe that helps, right? It's like, oh, you disagree with me? Let's talk for a long time. <laughs> yeah. like, or, or you have something you, you want to say? It's like, I'm automatically like, well, I disagree. And let's, and let's talk about it for a long time. And so um, people react that way, uh, react to difficult or stressful conversations in different ways. And it, there's some of it that's, I don't know if it's, I don't want to say biological, but it's certainly a natural 
there are personality, measurable personality traits of people that have levels of agreeable or disagreeableness. And so sometimes if you're prone to agreeableness, <laughs> which I would hate personally, if you're prone to agreeableness, then you may have a harder time um, with negative comments, but that's, but it'd be worth it to know. Yeah. And so you can be like, Hey, look, you know, I don't deal with it as well. So maybe just don't read them, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't stop putting out content. Alex, you have a, you have a certain level of confidence, which is interesting because on paper and in voice earlier, you said that you're self deprecating. So, um, I'd love to know, um, have you developed this self-confidence where you're like, oh, you disagree uh, you disagree with me. A lot of people resist confrontation, but you welcome it, you feed off of it. Was this something you had to grow into and something you overcame or were you really that way all of your life? Is it uh, an overcompensating insecurity? Is it natural? Did you work at it? Where does your level of confidence fit today? Can I add to that, Josh, before you answer, yeah. Alex? Also, I feel like, and I don't know if I'm reading into it, but did like any of the military shape this? Because I feel like you have such a strong mindset, um, which I think is very admirable. Um, but I wonder if that shaped something too. I think I, I was a very insecure kid, like really insecure. I didn't go to my high school prom because I couldn't get a date, right? Like I was, a, I left to join the army because I had so few friends in town that I was like, well, there's nothing for me here. And then the army, you know, it's interesting. Like you get in the army and it's another social group. And it's like, I was at the bottom of the social hierarchy in the army too. Um, And so, you know, it's like, you're familiar with the myth of the Phoenix, the bird that's reborn from ashes. I love this metaphor because it can be used um, for so many things that you want to grow into in life. And so I think I actually had a benefit of being so insecure, so unbelievably um, living in self-doubt for such a long time that I was like, it's like the, person who is overweight that looks in the mirror one day and they're like, dude, just no more. Like I'm done with this. And then they change because they have that Phoenix moment where they're reborn. And it's, and it's like, for me, it starts with, you have to get so unbelievably sick with your situation. And so building self-confidence is difficult because your self-confidence is man. A lot of it is manifested as a reflection of how other people treat you. And so it's a, it's a, it's a dynamic. I tell you, I'm confident. You believe it. You treat me as I'm confident. I, I believe it. And then it's circular. And so for people who are insecure, the one, this is a very interesting piece of advice that I'm gonna give you. If you're insecure and you have people around you that know you as insecure, you have to move. Mm. You have to literally move geographic locations and make new friends because they're going to poke that. Right. And they're going to keep that flame. You're going to meet a new person. You're like, Hey, I'm Alex. I wear pink shirts. I'm confident. And they're like, that's Alex. He wears pink shirts and he's confident. Boom. Yeah. I said an illusion. Right. And then it works. And then you believe it. And then but it's very hard to change a dynamic of somebody once they know you, especially for your whole life. So you're like, Hey, look, they are no, I'm different now. Nobody's going to treat you differently. And so it, it's, it's a very difficult uh, thing to, that was a difficult thing for me to overcome. But then I realized, um, you know, fake it till you make it is a very, very powerful tool uh, when it comes to social dynamics. And so uh, now I feel people treat me as I'm very, as very confident. Also a lot of it is self-awareness, which uh, in my opinion, comes from a lot of things. Books. Books is a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, understanding that the plight that you have has been the, the plight of the human condition for thousands of years. And people have written stuff that you feel immensely. And you're like, dude, I'm not, this ain't new. I have, and knowing your strengths and weaknesses really helps. You're like, well, I'm okay with it once I know what I can define it and I can touch it. So 
uh, like you said earlier about like, I just don't talk about things I don't know about. It's like, I, I do the same thing. We're not talking about sports. I don't know anything about sports. I'll be at my desk. I'll sit here just quiet. <laughs> I want to highlight something you said, uh, Alex, so people can put it into context uh, is also changing your geographic location is, a, is great advice. Uh, and also a reason why when you go home, and you're around your family, it hurts a lot because these are the people that know you a certain way. They perceive you as the old you, and they may never, ever view you as the new you, the 2.0, the 3.0 version of yourself. Because, So, for example, I know a guy who accomplished a lot. He's a reality TV star. He's, he's written multiple books. Meanwhile, his sister said um, to one of the family members, I'm going to write a book. What do you guys, what, you know, what do you think? Why don't you talk to your brother? Oh, whatever. I forgot his name, Alex. And he, he, she doesn't even view her little brother as this guy who's achieved so much. So like you said, you got to go to another pond, go to another lake and, and reinvent and define yourself because at home, especially family, it's so hard for them to see you as a different person. Well, it's kind of when you like develop your mindset too. And you kind of like, you know, a lot of people talk about how being like an entrepreneur, you kind of almost have to like reinvent your circle. And there's certain people you have to take out of your circle and circle certain people that you add to your circle and who fuels you. And it's that whole mindset of like, you're changing your mindset, but you don't want to be kind of stuck where you were. Yeah. Yeah. Shedding skin, turning into something. Yeah. Well, it's the old cliche, like, dude, there's nothing I'll ever do that'll impress my dad. <laughs> right. And he's like, you know, he just remembers as a, as a, pain in the ass adolescent with idiot, which I was right. And then I moved away. So when I come back, he's like, he, in his mind, right. He's just like, Oh, you remember that? Yeah. Let me teach you something. I'm like, okay, thanks dad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. what saying. If you can't change your people, change your people. It's yeah. That kind of I love thing. that one. If you can't yeah, change people around you to treat you differently. You have to get new people. It's, it's a <laughs> difficult way. It's a difficult journey, but uh, for me, it's been worth it. That's one of the biggest ways I grew. The military helped because you get skill sets that other people don't have, um, mm -hmm. but really moving, just moving. Yeah. I feel, um, I don't know if you've read the book codependence no more. Um, but I love that book. Cause I feel like it, it, it kind of takes you and makes you kind of realize like all the stuff that's like your inner self and like what you need to do and how you can't kind of put your stuff on other people. If you haven't that's read that book. Yeah. I have a lot, a, lot of, a lot of good stuff. We got to add into the show notes, Jake codependence no more. That's a good one. Um, we mentioned some other books. I can't remember, but hopefully uh, we'll put all that in the show notes. Yeah. The books, books will change you. And, you know, I have a, uh, I like old books because the opinion is if it stood the test of time, it's probably got something valuable in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the books that changed me for, it's not stoicism. It's more like high, uh, uh, individuality was, um, Nietzsche, Friedrich Nietzsche, Friedrich Nietzsche. Uh, he wrote a book called the spoke Zarathustra and it's old written in the 1800s, but man, it holds up and it pinged me in some way that just like, you know, you're doing you be the best you don't worry about everything else. Like the world will, you can, the world will, you know, drown in your wake. If you really reach, like, just worry about your potential and what you're supposed to be doing and becoming, as he says, become yourself. Yeah. Another saying that reminds me what you're saying is, um, uh, do now do today what other people won't because it'll allow you to do in the future what other people can't. So as you start to build and do things every single day, it's the little things. But then fast forward to three years, you've built this this empire, this massive thing where it's like impossible for people to catch up. 
and then they and then it's like oh respect you know <laughs> they get it now because it's like but they meanwhile three four years have passed they're in the same exact place and that's also another good barometer when you do sort of shed the old and and, and start creating the new is looking back and seeing you know friends and family who are in the exact same place they were when you started your journey and like holy crap you know uh, i'm accomplishing a lot which is which is good and, 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 and fuels you to keep doing more and accomplishing more. Um, but guys, I wanted to pivot since we only have a few more minutes on the show. Um, I, I, I took uh, part of a event yesterday. It was not planned. <clears throat> it was about 40 to 50 people uh, in a local company called TAB. So I think it stands for the Alternative Board. So they, they act as, they're all business owners locally that come together and sort of act as your, your board to give you advice and strategies on your business. They're all crushing it in their businesses. And I was a fly on the wall. I'm not sure if I was supposed to be there, to be honest, because I'm not a member. And I got the invite and they were talking about marketing. So I was like, and, and, and virtual and how to pivot during these times. I was like, I'm curious to see what these people are talking about. And I learned a ton and I saw a bunch of people that I knew, they didn't realize I was there, but local business owners. And I was realizing, wow, there are business owners struggling right now with how to pivot, create content, do virtual events. And I just want to I want to throw it out there for anyone who's stuck in or fast forwarded to this point. If you need ideas, if you need help on your brands, PodMax, more than happy to sort of get into a conversation with you free of charge. to Just tell you what we're doing, tell you how we figured it out. You know, Devin, the team, Jake, you know, Josh have been killing it behind the scenes to build this behemoth of PodMax Global, where now we've taken a live event, and, and, and Alex can attest to this, you know, it always and always will be this amazing experience for people when you come together, you can't replicate it um, because we're fusing all these things together that aren't being done. We did it virtual. Now we're doing it virtual, and we've got even more amazing feedback from people who are coming. So we're more than happy to jump into conversation with people who are trying to figure out how to build content, how to create content. And um, you know, there was a lot of stuff that I pulled from this meeting with Tab, but then there was a lot of things that I could have added to the conversation um, to help them figure out what would probably set them up for success when they move into this space. And to help them figure out who the heck you are. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Why? Yeah, that is who's true. that? <laughs> who is that guy? I'm sure they were wondering. Yeah, like, Let's start there, right? If you guy? have to follow Matt Higgins, who obviously is our keynote speaker for July 10th, but he posted something amazing, um, and it said basically like you're like if you started your business today, what would you do differently? Mm because of the world that we're in today. And actually I had um, a conversation with uh, um, the owner of my gym that I go to. It's like a, I don't know, weightlifting gym. Um, and he uh, he was talking to me about how like, he's really you know concerned about like how things aren't opening. And I'm like, you have to change your mindset. You have to change what you're doing now. I'm like, you have a huge outdoor parking lot. I'm like, get a tent work outside, bring the weights outside, you know, and I'm um, nice. you no, know, or if, and he's like, well, a tent's expensive. I'm like, a tent will pay for itself in a month, not even. I'm like, yeah. and if that's the case, you bring the weights outside and you bring them inside. Like, so, you know, I was talking through different options and different ways to go through it. I'm like, call me, like, 
work on that mindset, call me. I'm like, I'll help you. I'll walk you through different things. I'm like, but you have to change your ways. One, we don't know if there's a second wave coming or not. We don't know, but like, let's be real. It's not going back. Like the new, it's like a new normal. There's not really, mm -hmm. it's, you know, we're changing. Things are changing and so to adjust. Not having an income is more expensive. <laughs> that's exactly what I said. I'm like, you don't know when gyms are opening again. I'm like, yeah. so you're just going to sit and wait. I'm like, and you can't be mad at the people because they haven't like opened the gyms yet. I'm like, it is for safety. Yes. I'm sure there's politics to it, but you got to adjust. Yeah. You have to. Eric, can I add to your point? Uh, yeah. the, the other side of it. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to do the same thing because I produce content. So I've been going to my local business owner friends and being like, Hey, look, I know that this is crushing you. How can, and uh, so business owners can come to pod uh, to on air brands and get help. And then maybe people who are listening who do have some kind of content, they can go to like, it's now is the time to reach out to small businesses and ask them how you can help and add value. And so that's what I've been doing. Um, trying to do videography for product for, that people are trying to sell online now and these kind of things. And I don't know if I'm helping, but it's sure uh, it's, it's worthy to try. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, the, the world is changing right now. And so, uh, as Sun Tzu says, there's where there is chaos, there is also opportunity. And so, mm. people need help. They don't know how to help. They don't know what they need in many cases. So, uh, there are people out there like you guys that are offering help. And then I think that's a good message for the listeners too. Like, you know, offer. Maybe you need help, or maybe you can help, and you don't realize it. And to tie something back in that we brought up much earlier on the topic of creativity, Alex, you were mentioning that uh, you didn't always see yourself as creative. I've thought for a long time that every single person by default is absolutely creative. If you have a block up here in your mind and you think, oh, no, 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 I'm not creative. Well, there you go. You put the block and you will not be creative. I give the example that I'm not a good cook. I do not like it. I am not good at it. It is not my thing. So I do know that there are people out there who are so creative when it comes to cooking. They're like, I have 10 minutes. I have these ingredients. What am I going to whip up? That's creativity. So start to see creativity for what it is. You as a human being creating something. Just open your mind that you are creative instead of saying, no, 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 it goes back to you're going to either take responsibility or you're not. So first, understand you're creative. Now is the major time to be creative and find the solution. Yeah. And I want to talk to this specific because this was the audience that w when I was attending this event, um, you know, brick and mortar businesses out there who have legacy, you know, they've been around for decades and they don't know how to pivot or they don't know how to sort of take their current content and make it uh, relevant. Well, first off, from what my understanding and, and what I saw there was you have a website. Everyone has a website, right? So you have to update and your and your social channels if you don't have them create them but update everything to say hey we're in business we're open we're here to help you know whether it's curbside or pickup or delivery whatever you're figuring out you know jake is helping um you know his his girlfriend's mother reopen the the spa the salon i mean you have to make people aware that hey this is happening and we're here for you we're here to help you in some way and the thing is 
also now is the time. There's no more excuse, folks. There's no more excuse to saying I don't do social media. Oh, it's not for me. I'm not comfortable. Well, now you're going to be left behind because that there is no conversation about whether you should do this or not. This is the only vehicle for you to be out there, start telling people what you do, start making them aware that you're here to help, start putting positive messages out there uh, about whatever it is that that you are doing to to help people and it's 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 a given it's it's a necessity if you want to succeed if you want to continue your business it's an absolute that you have to start updating people letting them know what it is that you do and the value that you provide in their life or business i love that help people i feel like yeah. that's a all a positivity right? yeah yeah because, because, at this point is a is a certain death sentence there is no, there is no option to not have a social media or uh, an online presence for a business now that is a non-starter. It's not, it's not even possible. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I mean, even my local buddy who's got a little wood shop, it's just him, right? He's got a website. He sells stuff online. He's like, dude, you can't, you can't, you cannot do this without social media at this point. So if you're not, and it takes practice to get good at social media. Mm -hmm. And so like, like you need to start today if you don't do it today. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of people, especially imagine that guy who, who has a wood shop. They're like, how do I, I don't know what to do for content. I'm just making, well, why don't you document when you go shopping for materials? Why don't you show them the process it takes for you to get from this thing that you, before it becomes whittled down to something, document that and keep posting it. You don't necessarily have to be great on camera, but, you know, set up a side camera and and go live if you need to if it's if, if that's the lowest barrier to entry for you put it on the side and then speed it up there's time-lapse video on all our phones now um mm -hmm. there's ways for you to create content to show people what you're doing but you have to be a little creative and if you're not creative tap into alex josh devin me for people around you you have to know someone who has ideas that <laughs> can help you um, but yeah, absolutely. There's there's 101 ways to 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 tackle this, and you have to figure it out, or else you'll be doomed. Like like Alex said, you're 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 done, and there's no options anymore. You have to you have to do it. So, folks, anything else you want to add before we, we we're a minute over? We're pretty good at this um, at this point. But uh, yeah, Podmax Podmax coming up, July 10th. There we go. <laughs> Sign up. For we have yeah, as as Devin mentioned, Matt Higgins, who is a guest shark on Shark Tank, uh, he is the co-founder for Vayner Media. So we're still here in the Vayner family, um, putting it out there to the Podmax family, so people can learn. I mean, this guy is just—he's probably one of the biggest guests, if not the biggest guest we've ever had. So I highly recommend coming in and learning from him. We're gonna have a dialogue. Not with me, not with Josh, not with Lisa or Devin. He's actually going to be talking to our friend, Jason Pfeiffer of Entrepreneur Magazine. So we're going to be fusing brands on the stage now. So then you'll be able to learn. And also for us, why we mostly did it, um, it, was, it we love Jason and we want to learn from him because his interview style is fantastic. So it's, it's an opportunity for us to be students. Folks, it's not about us just giving, giving, giving. We're also learning from the process that we've put together. So everyone's winning it's just a fantastic event and we highly recommend checking it out um and who else oh you want to speak about jordan harbinger sure i'd love to speak about jordan harbinger why wouldn't i want to speak on jordan harbinger who is going to be uh joining us for the workshop portion on july 10th for podmax global uh he's going to be delivering uh an hour workshop 
uh, with the topic of networking, how to reach the right people, how to identify the right people. As he puts it, who are those people that you just see, that you know, that you're aware of, that you believe are unreachable, quote unquote, or unattainable or unaccessible? Hogwash, he says, but not in those exact <laughs> words. Nobody should ever use that word again. And we won't. <laughs> We will not use that word. But seriously, he says, uh, this is how you can network with the right people, get the attention of the people uh, that can best move you forward. And that's a workshop. That's just part of the day. It's a small portion of yeah. the whole day. He easily could have led and been, been our keynote. Uh, we we jam-packed this one, folks. So yeah, definitely jump they, in and look up Jaden Hart. Nine to July? five, all virtual. Yes. Yeah, okay. July 10th. All virtual. So the workshop, uh, then the conversation with Matt Higgins and, and Jason Pfeiffer, all all add-ons. And we didn't even mention that people are going to get podcast interviews uh, oh, throughout yeah. the day as well. So that's that's become like secondary, <laughs> if not third at this point, because there's so much value that we're, we're throwing into the mix uh, for us. Uh, you know, <laughs> Selfishly, we're like, oh, who do we want? It's always like that's our wish list. Like we just throw out who, who we want on stage or who we want to learn from. So yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, Jake, if you could throw uh, jordanharbinger.com into the comments for anyone who may have missed it. But that guy is a, a power player in the podcast space. Huge. Uh, like everyone who has a podcast um, knows who this guy is. And we're going to learn. Super eager to jump in with him. But folks, thanks again for tuning in, for listening. Again, uh, you know, share with your family. We're here to help. Absolutely. Have that conversation with anyone who wants some advice, trying to figure out how to pivot. And also, you know, you'll learn a ton. We're going to have these conversations with you personally at PodMax on July 10th. So jump on in. Alex uh, came to one of our live events, and, and hopefully he'll be joining us on July 10th as well. But Alex, stick around after the intro here, because then we'll chat behind this virtual stage. Deal. Thank you. See you guys next week. Bye. <laughs> Hello, this is Josh McCowan, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business, reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com.